Good evening and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow the podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Today's episode is brought to you by Your Story, an independent startup based in Winnipeg that publishes indie comic books, graphic novels, and video games. You can head on over to yourstory.ca to purchase any of their ebooks or their limited edition, high-quality first printing run of their 85 by 11 magazine-style comics. Be sure to use one-time use promo code JETS2020 to get 15% off your order. Given that the Jets are off for the evening, I thought I would check in with the rest of the NHL over the next couple of segments here on tonight's show. I'm going to skip over most of the round-robin games, except to give some overall impressions from the bits I've seen. I don't really have much of an interest in the round-robin games. I think most of the really interesting series have all been the play-in rounds, because let's be honest, these teams actually have real stakes, and they actually have motivation to put in 100% and above that. I think the other reality is that the worst quality teams tend to be more entertaining in these play-in rounds because the offense is a lot faster, the defense is looser, there's just a lot more going on, and with all of the effort levels having to be at max value from the get-go, it's a lot more interesting than some of the round-robin games. I'll start with the game that's actually ongoing right now, which is between the Montreal Canadiens and the Pittsburgh Penguins. As the series stands, uh, you know, currently, Pittsburgh and Montreal are tied 1-1. Although in tonight's game, Pittsburgh is currently up 2-1, so they would go 2-1 up in the series if the scoreline holds. As far as play-in rounds go, I think that this is probably one of the more intriguing matchups because, by all accounts, Montreal is in pretty far over its head. But what we've actually found with the Canadians is that the whole think pieces that came out before the series about Carey Price being a major difference maker and everyone should fear Price in the playoffs, we all kind of thought that that was, to some degree, a bit overblown. But as it turns out, Price has been excellent. For the most part, he's giving the Habs a lot more confidence in net and really a fighting chance in the series against one of the best teams in the NHL. I mean, the Pittsburgh Penguins aren't favorites in the series for no reason. At their best, they're one of the most dominating offensive attacking teams in the league, and it can be hard to pierce their back end. This is a series which has been pretty loose and fast-paced, although I would say that overall, you know, the Penguins have been the better squad. And just now as I was recording this, I think we kind of got a sense of why. Uh, Pittsburgh plays at a really high tempo, and Mike Sullivan definitely has pens, uh, especially when they're at full strength and healthy, moving up and down the ice very quickly, a lot of fluidity and interchanges and overlaps between their skaters, which, for an opposing defensive unit like Montreal, they just don't have the guns to kind of keep up and keep the pens broken down. Pittsburgh hits you with these fast counters like we just saw with Brandon Tanev, Zach Aston Reese, and uh, uh, it was Teddy Bluger, I think, who actually scored the goal. And that relentless pressure, especially on the counter, can often lead to a lot of greasy second-chance opportunities. The Pens have a, like, a really good approach to this, where they create chances from a lot of tough angles, and they use their team collective team speed, as well as some good hold-up play and some smart passing and vision to set up these great opportunities. And, you know, Price made a fantastic save on Zach Aston Reese's initial shot, but then the follow-up from Teddy Bluger ended up putting it home. That said, I have to say that Montreal has put up a lot of fight in the series. I mean, the Habs, for sure, are definitely overmatched, and this is not a team that has the kind of firepower to really go toe-to-toe with a full-strength Pens team, and yet the Habs have kept it interesting. You know, I think this is the second period, and this is still a game where you could see Montreal conceivably come back. 
Jesperi Kapkaniemi, who many people have, and I think in the, too many circles have kind of written off. Uh, you know, he came back from the AHL after the season ended, and in the first couple of games back for the Habs, he's been magnificent. I believe he has a couple of goals and, a, you know, one or two assists here and there, and he's just been a really impactful middle six to top six forward, and really exactly what the Habs need to go toe-to-toe with a team like the Pens. If you're going to beat Pittsburgh at its own game, you, you kind of need a lot of, uh, I, I guess, overall roster depth because Pittsburgh's depth forwards can all overwhelm you very quickly. I think like uh, Marlowe and Hornquist are on their third line or something, which tells you the kind of skill that they have up and down the lineup, while, you know, guys like Connor Shady, um, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, uh, Jake Gensel, all of those players really maintain their top lines. I can't remember if Gensel is actually healthy right now. I'm not sure if he's in this game, but, you know, obviously the rest of the team is more than capable of picking up uh, any of that slack and really generating a lot. And the defensive structure, you know, while it has been pretty loose, is competent enough. I think the biggest question going forward for Pittsburgh is if Matt Murray can hold out. Murray hasn't exactly been spectacular in this series, and we all know that from previous history, Matt Murray, you know, when he's bad, he's really bad. The Habs definitely have the goaltending uh, edge between the two teams, and certainly, you know, they're going to have to take advantage of Matt Murray maybe not being at his sharpest in order to have a chance at the series. All that said, I really do think that Pittsburgh emerges uh, as the top contender here out of these two teams, and really, Pittsburgh, I think, if they make it through to the first round, I guess, that's after this play-in series, man, I mean, the Pens have a team that's really hard to bet against. Time and again, I think what Montreal and, and Pittsburgh have shown is that they are very feisty and competitive teams, but the Pens just have a next-level gear that really separates them from a lot of the other teams in the league. In a fully healthy series, I think the only team that I, I would say that Pittsburgh would be afraid of is probably Tampa Bay. You know, the Carolina Hurricanes and, you know, uh, Washington Capitals, uh, Philadelphia Flyers, all of those teams are great to excellent, but what Tampa Bay really brings is that full press style that, you know, the Pens have also adopted. And I think Pittsburgh is one of those teams that if they go, you know, against the Tampa Bay Lightning in a series, it would go the full distance. Both teams have slightly suspect goal, you know, goaltending, especially between Vasilevsky and Murray. I think both teams have a relentless offensive pressure. Both teams are great on the counter. Both have a pretty decent team defense, although Tampa Bay may have the edge there. And both of them have some really productive top-end superstar forwards. So if you want a really explosive series, uh, Pittsburgh at, at some point facing against Tampa Bay would be one of the most explosive the Eastern Conference has seen in a while. If Pittsburgh can survive the East, I think that they stand a good chance of being the cup favorites. I mean, that's a pretty tall ask at this point because of just how many good teams are in the Eastern Conference, especially in these play-in rounds and early uh, post-round robin rounds. Montreal has served as a good early test to see what Pittsburgh is capable of at this stage, and thus far I think they've answered every question. Pittsburgh has been very good, and I think that they are more just kind of unlucky that Carey Price has been as good as he is, or the series might have been over sooner than it is. I think the Habs can be satisfied with their effort because they weren't even supposed to have a playoff berth, and they've actually been pretty respectable. You know, they're they're definitely sloppy and looser than most of the other playoff teams, but as far as what you'd expect from a team that, you know, by all accounts should not even be here, I think that they can be proud of their efforts. Up next, we'll talk a bit about the New York Islanders versus the Florida Panthers, which has been a bit of a chaotic series. Uh, We have a little bit more definition in who's coming out on top on this one, and I think you can probably already guess. And then after that, we'll talk a little bit about Arizona and Nashville, which remains another very interesting series, but perhaps not for the reasons you'd expect. And then we'll probably wrap it up with Edmonton and Chicago. 
But this being the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, it can't always be about other NHL teams in other NHL cities. It's always good to know where your roots lie, and few people understand this better than the fine folks at Your Story. As I mentioned early on, Your Story is a startup indie comic book, graphic novel, and game publisher based in the Winnipeg area. They're currently launching a line of comic books with a flagship called The River Nose, which is a sci-fi story set in the Winnipeg in the 1960s. It's got a really cool, gritty, noir aesthetic, as well as a lot of supernatural elements that you'd find in a detective series uh, crossed with sci-fi in something like The X-Files. If you want something a little bit more lighthearted and comedic, they also have Through Space and Time and Stuff, which is a comedy series about a crew manning a really terrible spaceship through the worst part of space. What could go wrong? If you grew up with Star Trek and various other sci-fi series, through space and time and stuff will be right up your alley and feel very familiar, albeit with an added irreverent tone throughout the entire series. On the gaming side, your story will also be publishing Alien Machine Glow, an all-ages friendly game featuring Old Man Gil, a grumpy old man who, through the intervention of a well-placed meteorite that lands in his cucumber batch, gains the ability to see aliens. If you'd like to purchase any of Your Story's books, be sure to head on over to yourstory.ca to purchase their ebooks or their limited edition high-quality 85 by 11 magazine-style comics. Use one-time promo code JETS2020 to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code JETS2020 to get 15% off your first order. With our resuming, I was going to pick back up with a uh, another series, but I thought before we got to that, I would update that wonderful Pens and Habs game. The Habs have actually tied it 3-3 now. And uh, unfortunately for uh, the Penguins, Jack Johnson again is on the ice for a goal against. He's apparently been on uh, on the ice for five of the seven goals against. So if Pittsburgh can't figure out a way to just not use Jack Johnson, they might be in trouble. Speaking of teams that might be in trouble in this postseason picture, you have to say that the Florida Panthers in their series against the New York Islanders are in no amount of small trouble. The Islanders lost today in a, uh, I believe it was a, 3-2 defeat, but the Islanders are up in the series 2-1, so Florida's basically hanging on at this point. And it's not like the Panthers' goaltending has actually been bad. Sergei Bobrovsky, who had a really rough early showing in camp, has apparently been very good for this Panthers team, but it's more like the rest of the Panthers not being good that's the problem. The Islanders don't really have a really strong offensive core. Uh, generally speaking, they have to get their goals by committee, which is not exactly shocking. The squad is not super built with a high-end team, but for the most part, the Isles have played very competent hockey. The Panthers are kind of lacking some serious direction, and I don't really know what exactly is going to happen with that team, but I have a pretty good feeling that in this series, at least, they're more or less cooked. Even though they managed to claw out a win today, pun intended, I think that the Panthers overall aren't going to survive this series. The Isles may not exactly be juggernauts themselves, but they have two very good goaltenders, and they have a pretty decent squad. I wouldn't say amazingly high-end. Their top six is fine. I mean, Anders Lee and, and Matt Barzal, of course, are great, and Anthony Beauvillier continuing to uh, offensively produce is, is certainly good news for them. But beyond that, I think that their depth forwards, especially in a subsequent round, will come to bite them. That said, against the Florida Panthers, the Islanders don't have that much to fear. I feel like the Panthers have just been pretty mediocre to bad, and some of their performances, especially early in the series, have just been shambolic. So, uh, generally speaking, I think the Isles are fine. They should advance, and I, I think the Panthers are going to be packing it up and heading home pretty soon. Speaking of teams that are going to be packing up and heading home pretty soon, you might say that the Nashville Predators are in no small amount of trouble in their series against the Arizona Coyotes. They are down 2-1. And despite having some pretty decent games, uh, you know, Arizona has managed to find those lucky goals, get some really great saves from Darcy Kemper, and they find themselves in the driver's seat in the series. What you're kind of seeing in this series is very interesting. It's very much been a pendulum swing. You know, one team will do great in one game, but still lose. The other will 
put in kind of a relatively poor performance, but still eke out a win. And I think that that has just kind of swung back and forth. And, you know, if, if Nashville can't really stem the bleeding in this next game, either on the goaltending side or in their lack of offensive production, it's going to be a problem. I mean, they've definitely been getting to some pretty dangerous areas, and I felt like today's game, Nashville definitely had the offensive edge, but ultimately the goal scoring just wasn't there, and on the opportunities that Arizona was able to create, they got some spectacular individual efforts from players like Connor Garland. UC Saros has started a couple of these games, and for the most part, he's been okay, but not fantastic, and I think that they were expecting him to be better than he was for some of these games. I also think that the Preds have just been pretty mediocre overall. And I, I think Duchesne was benched today or something. Not 100% sure because I didn't get the entire game, but I, I did see, I think that uh, he had been benched for Nick Benino or something like that. I think Nashville's general problem is that they just don't have a lot of high-end scoring talent, and they tend to rely on goals by committee or from their back end, and right now they're just not really getting a whole lot of either. You know, that team does have some really talented players and guys like Philip Forsberg and Roman Yosi, but they just don't have enough goal-scoring punch from the rest of the roster. Again, it's like a goals-by-committee approach, and in some cases that does work, but you have to have enough really productive higher-end talent to carry you like the Vegas Knights do. Vegas surely has a really up-tempo style, and a lot of people were surprised by just how productive some of their forwards were, but when you look at the guys that the team built around, they picked up, you know, Riley Smith, Jonathan Marchessault, William Carlson. These were all players who were showing signs of being very productive or useful in other capacities for their former teams, and in Florida's case, you know, uh, two of their star players, but when the Knights brought them in, they, they found the right system to fit those players and played an up-tempo, fast-countering style that fit them perfectly. Nashville has never really gotten off of their goals-by-committee approach from the depth forwards and trying to create a lot of offense from the back end. In all fairness, I don't know what forwards would come into this team and really make a significant impact. I mean, Ailey Tolvanen is not really NHL-ready as far as anyone knows, uh, and as far as the rest of the farm is concerned, I don't really think that they have many high-end prospects who are NHL-ready and can step into a playoff role, especially in a pivotal series against the Yotes. I don't think Arizona should get too comfortable either, because it's not like Nashville can't come back in the next game, but the Yotes are definitely in the driver's seat, and they've put all of the onus on the Preds to put up a, a really good performance. And even then, it might not be enough if Darcy Kemper is as good as he was today. Nashville is a little bit unfortunate, but also, just by roster design and their approach to hockey under Hines, it's just not really a team that I would have any degree of confidence in beyond being maybe capable of getting to the first round, and that's about it. In a series against the Knights or the Avs, I don't think Nashville would last very long. Some would say that when you look at the rosters for both Nashville and Arizona, they're kind of built out of spare parts. But finding the right spare part that has the right impact makes all the difference. And choosing replacement parts for your vehicle is no different. That's why rockauto.com always has your back, no matter what you're looking for. RockAuto.com is a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. With their intuitive, easy-to-use website, you can filter by make, year, model, and the price range on the parts so that you always get what you want at the price you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a brand new replacement floor mat for the one you spilled taco sauce on, RockAuto.com will have what you're looking for. And better yet, you could save anywhere from 20 to 50% off brick-and-mortar retail auto parts stores. Whether you're a professional mechanic or an amateur DIYer, rockauto.com always charges the same prices for all of their customers. Everyone gets the same deals and same quality parts at the same prices. If you place an order, be sure to write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, visit rockauto.com. 
We are closing in on the series check-ins with some of these uh, play-in rounds for the NHL, and I, I want to say that uh, the shortest one thus far has been the New York Rangers versus the Carolina Hurricanes. I skipped over that one earlier because it was less exciting than some of these other series, but wow, dude. Yeah, the Rangers kind of got buried. There were some improving signs for the long-term future uh, as far as the Rangers are concerned, but they got smoked for the most part. I mean, Carolina pretty much dominated them, and I think it was, what, a 3 nothing sweep? Zabanajad, Capo, and a few other guys uh, showed a couple of really nice positive signs, especially Capo, you know, going forward for his future seasons, because I know that he's had a pretty rough uh, start to the year, especially in North America. But there were other guys like Brett Howden, who maybe got a little too much ice time, and the defense, including Tony D'Angelo, not so good. It'll be even harder now because this was probably Henrik Lundqvist's last run as a, a New York Ranger, and it's been, what, like an, over a decade now? That's going to be really hard to say goodbye to the King, and I'm sure Rangers fans are already preparing a farewell parade because that guy has meant everything to that franchise. And for so many years, even when the team uh, was really struggling on the back end, which seems to be a pretty recurring theme for the most part, Lundqvist was there to bail them out so many times and really kept them alive in situations where they really had no business being. That said, the Canes, even without Dougie Hamilton, are amazing, and you know they're going to get Hamilton back potentially by the start of this next upcoming series. If you want to be afraid of a team in the East, the Canes are a pretty good bet to be one of the scariest out there. Aho, Svechnikov, and the recently arriving uh, Morgan Geeky, all of them have been putting in good work. Uh, Warren Fogley was also pretty good. Just a really deep, frightening squad if you're a team that doesn't quite have the same level of firepower to match up against them. Unfortunately for the Canes, they just happen to be in the conference that also has Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Washington, and Philadelphia, so it's not like they're getting off very easy either. And maybe the Bruins, if the Bruins get their act together by the time the actual uh, postseason really starts to get into gear. The series that has definitely been between two of the worst teams in this playoff structure, but arguably the most entertaining series, has definitely been Edmonton-Chicago. That series has had like all of the goals, none of the defense, and because of that, you're just seeing absolutely ridiculous score lines. I think one game was like 6-4, or maybe both of them were. I don't know. Whatever it was, like Edmonton and Chicago have just been scoring left and right. And that series is split 1-1 with another game in just a few minutes. But wow, I mean, if you want explosive firepower between two teams that really can't contain each other, that is exactly the one that you want to watch. It might be absolute hell if you're a, a goaltending fan, but it's absolute heaven if you just like goals and offense in general. The final series up for discussion on this uh, evening's episode is Toronto versus Columbus, and this has been kind of an odd series, especially with some of the stuff that's happened. Toronto tied the series yesterday in a pretty dominant effort against Columbus. I think the Blue Jackets basically just didn't show up, but unfortunately for Toronto, they lost Jake Muzzin to what looked like a pretty nasty injury. Muzzin uh, got checked from behind by Pierre-Luc Dubois, and as he was falling, he hit the back of, uh, I think it was Oliver Bjorkstrand's leg, and his, his neck bent backwards at an odd angle, so I kind of wonder if he, like, pinched a nerve or something. Uh, anyone who's ever had to pinch a nerve knows that that is just horrifically painful, and apparently Muzzin has had an injury history with his back, especially when he was younger, so we're really wishing all of the best recovery for him. Supposedly, the uh, prognosis looks pretty good. I don't know if he'll be back in time for any future playoff series, but... They did say that it doesn't seem like it's a long-term thing as far as anyone knows. So all in all, not bad at all. As far as the series is concerned, Columbus is going to have to do much better than it did in the second game. They were decently solid in the first game, but yesterday they were just absolutely atrocious. And they have a big test in tomorrow's match, which could decide the fate of the series down the road. So 
I think the Blue Jackets are in tough. They need to put forth a better effort, especially with the Leafs, who, after really sucking in the first game, were a lot better in the second game. Going to be a tough one between those two teams, and I don't actually know who's going to emerge on the end of it. You could really make an argument for either team, and I think you'd be right. With that, we are going to call it quits for this evening. Uh, Tomorrow's episode, we're going to be recapping the Jets game, although I may publish it on Friday because tomorrow's game, for some unearthly reason, starts at 10.30 p.m. in my time, so I may not be uh, awake and conscious by the end of that game. But either way, you'll have a recap on either Thursday or Friday. So thanks for listening. Have a great night. Before you log off, be sure to check out the Locked On National Podcast hosted by Sir Avampado. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Go Jets go.